Back at it here on The Fan. It is overtime with Jonathan Peter. We go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We go on, we're going to talk to legendary sports agent Lee Steinberg here on 92.3 The Fan. Lee, thanks for giving us a few minutes. My pleasure. Uh, when people give you the rap sheet to bring you in, do they go uh, representative, you know, Troy Aikman, Steve Young, now Patrick Mahomes, or do they talk about your legendary Super Bowl parties? Which one? Uh, usually it's about Jerry Maguire. That was going to be the third thing. I knew I missed something out there. <laughs> are, you t- are you tired of showing me the money at this point or no? Um, you know, you have to be gracious about it. it um, <laughs> it's been 25 years, but I still can't walk through an airport or sit down to dinner without someone running up the table and saying those four words. <laughs> you see, in my mind, I, was, I, I told myself earlier, I'm like, when I talk to Lee, do not bring up Jerry Maguire. That was going to be my main <laughs> thing. I was like, we'll give you the first interview in, in 25 years where nobody <laughs> asked about that. And instead, I'm the guy like, hey, uh, Craig Larson told me those Super Bowl parties were amazing. <laughs> there you go. Um, the parties are incredible. They the Super Bowl's become like a meeting of Americana with big business, politics, entertainment, sports. So we use that to raise money for charitable causes, to give humanitarian awards, to explore brain uh, health and concussion, and have all sorts of fun at the party. So I want to get into some of the... Uh the nuances of, of what you're currently doing and, and where you're at right now, especially with Patrick Mahomes, and we can talk about some of the other things. I did want to ask you about Dorian Thompson-Robinson, though, because you do represent him, and uh, the, he's basically taken over Brown's preseason. Brown's preseason has been the DTR show. You know, five years at UCLA, getting his opportunity. What do you make of the kid? Oh, I think he's immensely talented. His uh, agenting is done by a younger agent day-to-day. Uh, is um, but I think he's uh, immensely talented and um, he's athletic um, and he gives you that extra dimension in that he can beat you with his feet, he can beat you with his arm, and uh, he's I think he was at UCLA for about 20 years, <laughs> and so he's. <laughs> Clearly had uh, all the seasoning he needs to make an impact in the pros. Being around the Browns for as many years as you have and just covering the different and being, you know, having the athletes that you've represented, uh, any good stories stand out from your time near the Browns? Oh, gosh, I'm um, trying to remember. I think once we flipped a coin <clears throat> for the uh, – they asked me if I flip a coin – um, to settle a contract dispute. And I went to the athletes and said, are you crazy? <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, but there have been some interesting days. Um, uh, Carmen Policy is a really good friend of mine, so um, those were fun days. What was the flipping the coin result? I need to know. And did, did the athlete get to choose? We didn't do it. You didn't, it didn't do it, okay. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, the problem was splitting the difference in a contract negotiation is if the fair market value of something is a hundred and the other party offers you 20, if you split the difference between 120, you're going to end up with a, uh, not a wonderful result. <laughs> Very fair. Least I'm joining us here at 92.3, the fan. Let me ask you about, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You, you got the deal done with Mahomes. Obviously, uh, it's afforded him a lot of, 
safeties within his own career, and I think it was handshakes all around from the the media within, and then also I would imagine the Mahomes family. When you watch the the, the series on Netflix, did they do a good job in representing what you see with Mahomes on a day to day basis? If you like him on the field, you will absolutely love him off the field because he's not self-absorbed. He cares about other people. He is whip-smart. He's got an eidetic memory, but he generally has caring for others, and he's done a fabulous foundation that helps 15 of the Mahomies. It's helped all sorts of uh, people. When you think of Mahomes, do you think he's on track to be the greatest of all time? He well could be. Uh, I mean, the irony is he's someone who's only in his <laughs> has only played six years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's been three Super Bowl appearances, two MVPs, but um, he's still a young man. What did you make of what happened with Lamar over the summer where he decided to represent himself, had his mom involved, and then... It got the deal done, but it, it seemed like it was messy the entire way. It's um, generally a quarterback deal because the franchise quarterback position is so invaluable now. Um, it's done seamlessly. That's extended. Um, they never get to free agency because their contract's extended. And in the case where you had a franchise quarterback like Lamar, um, I think the whole fight ultimately came down to that Lamar wanted to Sean Watson's contract. Mm-hmm. And um, the team argued that that was an aberration. And so um, I think that's where the split came down in terms of the different sides. But you don't want to be negotiating publicly. You'd rather give a team the dignity of uh, doing all that work privately. And so once it becomes public like that, it doesn't help. It creates a deadlock. And deadlock, both parties think the other ones are being unreasonable. And it can just go on and on forever. And we don't have that luxury. So um, I'm sure everybody involved would have liked a much smoother process. And um, when time comes to the next extension, they'll do it privately. Well, from an agent perspective, I imagine you want as much guaranteed money as possible. Uh, do you feel like quarterbacks are being robbed in that area? Um, look, all of a sudden we have quarterbacks making $45, $50 million. Um, and there are many guarantees, so... No, I think it's an evolving market. You still have Joe Burrow to go. You have Justin Herbert to go. Um, I mean, you have other young players who will build off the contracts done by others, and that market will keep expanding. There's no logical limit as long as television money uh, continues to go up. And um, wouldn't you know that in the midst of a pandemic and a cratered economy, CBS and uh, Fox uh, raised their rights fees by 83%. So um, it's a cap sport, so you have no danger of teams having real financial problems. Um, and um, that market has exploded for quarterbacks. 
Talking with Super Agent Lee Steinberg. Of course, he's had you know eight first overall picks, 64 first round picks, four billion dollars in contracts. Represents Mahomes, and you mentioned Joe Burrow there. If you were going to the table for Joe Burrow, you can't ask for Patrick Mahomes' money. I think that's a little. But you, you mentioned how it keeps going up and up and up. Is it is it unreasonable if you sat down at the table and said we start at Mahomes and then we work our way backwards? That would certainly be the position you take, and. Uh, um, but again, each new contract is going to reflect that there's more television money and greater revenue. The salary cap this year went up uh, an all-time highest improvement. Um, it went from like $197 million to 225 Don't think of real dollars, think of cap dollars. That's a huge increase. And so as long as the cap number keeps going up for teams. And as long as the actual revenue keeps going up, the contracts will continue to explode. What can you tell the, the, the listener right now that's a big Browns fan? We, again, just earlier today, uh, we saw David and Joker restructured his contract. Joe Petonio, past couple days, restructured his contract. It just it, Miles Garrett restructured his. It feels like the Browns are trying to do something with the cap. Can you tell, give any sort of insight into what that looks like from your end and then what, what that looks like from a team end? So you have two different systems. One is how much actual cash a player is paid, and the second is the cap number. And the cap number comes from taking whatever signing bonus is associated with the contract and dividing that by the number of years of the contract. So with a $10 million signing bonus for your contract, million of that would count against the cap each year. And then you take the salary, and the whole salary counts against the cap. So it's amortized bonus plus salary. Out of that, you can create, um, out of the cap room that you get there, each time one of those players readjusts his contract, they're giving the Browns more flexibility in terms of their ability to extend uh, a key player and make sure they never go to free agency. It's giving them the ability to add players. And um, the very fact they're doing that is is this uh, indicator that they have a happy enough roster that believe enough in the future and the ability to win that they're willing to make those adjustments. They don't usually involve any less money. It's just the structure of it. So they generally involve another signing bonus, pushing that amortization out, and lowering the salary. So um, it's a good sign uh, for Browns fans that they have players willing to do that, and it's a good sign that they have a front office that is aggressively trying to create more cap room. Lee, let me ask you, you've been around the NFL for a very long time. Obviously, you know, just in, in talking to you for a few minutes here, it's like, yeah, the, the price goes up. And it's like, yeah, you know, 25 years ago, you probably would have envisioned the price would continue to go up and up and up. But what is something about the game, something within these contracts, something being around players that you feel has changed a ton in the previous 20, 25 years? That's, that's even surprised well, you. The, the first thing is the NIL is on college campuses. Um, which have changed forever, the whole concept of uh, amateurism. Uh, Second of all, the introduction of gambling, Mm -hmm. um, which used to be the impregnable wall um, 
And now all of a sudden you have teams owning part of fantasy uh, football companies. You have multiple teams in Las Vegas. You have the fact that we'll probably have paramutual betting where you can walk up in the stadium and place a bet if you don't do it on your phone. Um, so that's been uh, a major shift. At the same time, all this is happening at the collegiate level, you have conference realignment. And so if Rip Van Winkle had gone to sleep and awakened today, um, he would not have any idea what fantasy football is. And we got 40 million people a week playing fantasy football. That's a big demographic of people who now are wedded to pro football at a much higher level. So all of these trends, plus the introduction of social media and the fact that you now have players branding themselves, setting up um, uh, how many followers they have and creating a revenue stream from that. So this world looks nothing like it did even five years ago. That's fascinating. Lee Steinberg, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes, and uh, uh, I would not have you show me the money. But thank you so much for, uh, for <laughs> giving us a, a little bit of your time and being generous as always. Thank you, Lee. My pleasure.